Hi, I'm Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic. And I'm Father Gregory Pine. And you're listening to the Catholic Classics Podcast, where we seek to grow our prayer lives by learning from the Church's greatest saints and teachers. Spiritual reading can be challenging for many Catholics, so this podcast is here to help. Each season, we'll read through a great work, unpack its timeless wisdom, and encourage you with practical tips for the pursuit of holiness. The Catholic Classics Podcast is brought to you by Ascension. This season, we're reading Ascension's edition of Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales. To get your copy of the book and download the reading plan for this season, visit ascensionpress.com slash catholicclassics or text INTRO to 33777. Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app. This is day 40. Today we'll be reading part 5, Exercises and Counsels for Renewing the Soul and Strengthening Her Devotion, chapters 1-3, through three, pages 431-439 through 439 in the Ascension edition of this book. Before we get into the reading, let's take a look at what we'll be covering today. In this final part of Introduction to the Devout Life, St. Francis de Sales begins to prepare us to sort of go forth with all of the lessons that he has taught us. The temptation might be to think that we're walking away with a checklist or a sort of to-do list in the life of devotion, that if I do X, Y, and Z, then I'll be set in the devout life. But St. Francis, he, he warns against this, not just in this part, but throughout, that this is not his intention. His intention at the beginning and his intention at the end is that he's trying to form our, our lives, not give us a to-do list. So in these opening chapters, St. Francis encourages us to recognize that we will need to continually renew our dedication and intention to persevere in the devout life. With that, he'll explain how to do that yearly and at shorter intervals and with ourselves, with God, and with our neighbors. So before we get to the reading, let's say a prayer. Grant us grace, O merciful God, to desire ardently all that is pleasing to thee, to examine it prudently, to acknowledge it truthfully, and to accomplish it perfectly for the praise and glory of thy name. Amen. Chapter 1. That one must yearly renew good intentions by means of the following exercises. Let us begin by emphasizing that you must take care to understand fully the importance of these exercises. Human nature easily falls from its good affections on account of the weakness and evil inclinations of the flesh, which weighs down the soul and always draws her downwards, unless she often raises herself up anew through the force of her resolution. Just as birds fall suddenly to the ground if they do not flap their wings more frequently in order to keep themselves aloft in the air. In order to do this, my dear Philothea, you must very often repeat and renew the good resolutions you have made to serve God, lest by neglecting to do so you should fall back into your first state, or rather into a worse one. For spiritual falls always cast us down to a lower level than that from which we mounted up to devotion. No watch is so excellent that it does not need to be wound up each day and now and then taken apart in order to remove the rust and dust that have gathered in it, or to repair what might be worn out or out of order. Similarly, he who takes due and proper care for his soul should daily wind it up for God by means of the exercises discussed earlier, and should often verify that it is functioning properly setting it right as need be, and at least once a year taking it completely apart and examining its various works, that is, all its affections and passions in detail, in order that any defects may be repaired. 
And as the watchmaker places some delicate oil upon the gears, springs, and all the moving parts so that the gears might move more easily and the whole of the watch be less subject to rust, so to a devout person, after thus taking apart his heart for the sake of its renewal, should anoint it with the sacraments of confession in the Holy Eucharist. This exercise will repair your strength, which become impaired by the course of time, rekindle your heart, reanimate your good resolutions, and make your virtues blossom anew. The early Christians did this on the anniversary day of the baptism of our Lord, when, as St. Gregory of Nazianzus tells us, they would renew the professions and protestations which they had made in baptism. You too do the same, my dear Philothea, doing so willingly and performing this devotion very earnestly. Thus, having chosen a suitable time according to the advice of your spiritual father, and having withdrawn yourself a little into solitude, both spiritual and actual, make one, two, or three meditations on the following points, using the method I prescribed in the second part of this work. Chapter 2. Consideration of the blessing given to us by God's calling us into his service, in accord with the profession made earlier. 1. Consider what you said in the profession we discussed earlier in the work. The first was that you forsook, cast away, detested, and renounced forever all mortal sin. The second was that you dedicated and consecrated your soul, heart, and body with all their powers and faculties to the love and service of God. The third was that if you should fall into any sin, you would immediately rise again by the aid of God's excellent grace. Are not these just, noble, and generous resolutions? Therefore, consider well in your soul how holy, reasonable, and desirable this profession is. 2. Consider to whom you made this profession. You made it to God. If our deliberate word given to men binds us strictly, how much more so is this the case when given to God? You have said, Seek my face. My heart says to you, Your face, Lord, do I seek. 3. Consider in whose presence you made this profession. It was in the presence of the whole court of heaven. Yes, think of those present, the mother of God, St. Joseph, your guardian angel, St. Louis. This blessed company beheld you with emotions of joy and approval. Filled with unspeakable love, they saw your heart prostrate at the feet of our Savior, consecrating itself to his service. Just as there was a particular joy on that occasion in the heavenly Jerusalem, so too will there now be a commemoration of the same joy if you renew your resolutions with a sincere heart. 4. Consider how you were led to make your profession. Ah, how good and gracious was God to you at that time. Tell me sincerely, were you not drawn to it by the sweet attractions of the Holy Spirit? Were not the cords by which God drew your little ship to this haven of safety composed of love and charity? How he allured you by the divine sweetness of his grace and sacraments, in spiritual reading and in prayer. Ah, my dear Philothea, you were asleep and God watched over you. He thought over your soul thoughts of peace and meditated meditations of love on your behalf. 5. Consider when God led you to these holy resolutions. It was in the flower of your youth. Ah, what a happiness to learn so soon that we cannot know soon enough. St. Augustine, having been called at the age of 30 years, exclaimed, O oh, eternal beauty, how late have I known you. Alas, I saw you but did not pay heed to you. And for your own part, you may say, O oh, eternal sweetness, why did I not taste you sooner? Alas, you did not deserve it at that time. Therefore, acknowledging the favor God has done you by attracting you to himself in your youth, say with David, 
O God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. But if this took place in your old age, well then, Philothea, what a grace. After having thus misspent your former years, God then called you before your death and stopped the course of your misery before it became eternal. 6. Consider the effects of this vocation, and comparing what you now are with what you were then, you will doubtless find in yourself great changes for the better. Do you not judge it happiness to know how to converse with God by prayer, to be inflamed with a desire to love him, to have calmed and pacified so many passions that used to perturb you, to have avoided many sins and perplexities of conscience, and lastly, to have received communion so much more often than you would have done, uniting yourself to the sovereign source of eternal grace? Ah, how great are these favors! We must weigh them, Philothea, with the weights of the sanctuary. It is God's right hand which has done all this. In the words of David, the right hand of the Lord is exalted, the right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live, and recount the deeds of the Lord. After all these considerations, which, as you see, supply abundance of pious affections, conclude simply with an act of thanksgiving and fervent prayer, that you may draw profit from them, drawing all this to a close with humility and great confidence in God, waiting to make resolutions until after the second point of this exercise. Chapter 3 On the Examination of Our Soul Concerning Its Advancement in the Devout Life Given that the second point of this exercise is somewhat lengthy, let me tell you that you do not need to perform it all at once, but can do so at different times, considering at one time what relates to your conduct toward God, at another time what relates to yourself, at a third time what relates to your neighbors, and finally then what pertains to your passions. It is neither necessary nor expedient that you should perform it on your knees, except at the beginning, by placing yourself in God's presence, and at the end by offering your affections. The other points of the examination you may make profitably while walking about, or still more profitably in bed, so long as you can remain completely awake and keep drowsiness at bay. But to do this, you must have read them attentively beforehand. However, you must go through the whole of the second point in three days and two nights at the most, taking as much time as you need each day and night, for if you separate the parts of this exercise by too great a span of time, it will lose its strength, and the impressions that it can make will be too feeble. After each point of the examination, you must note well how you come up short, in what ways you have done wrong, and what are the principal irregularities you have discovered, so that you may declare them to your confessor, in order to obtain counsel and acquire resolution and spiritual strength to overcome them. Even though this exercise as well as the others do not necessarily require you to make a full retreat from the world, nonetheless you must do so to some degree especially toward the evening, so that you may go sooner to bed and take rest of body and mind needed for reflection on yourself. Likewise, throughout the daytime, you must frequently give voice to your desire for God. Moreover, all this must be done with a heart inflamed with the love of God and the desire to attain perfection. Therefore, in order to properly begin this examination, 1. Place yourself in God's presence. 2. Invoke the Holy Spirit, beginning for light and insight, that you may gain a perfect knowledge of yourself, with St. Augustine, who cried out to God in the spirit of humility, O Lord, enable me to know you and to know myself. And join St. Francis of Assisi in asking God, Lord, who are you and who am I? Proclaim that you do not desire to discover your advancement in order to rejoice in yourself, but rather to rejoice in God, nor to glorify yourself in it, but rather to glorify and praise God for it. 
Likewise, proclaim that if you find, as you fear you shall, that you have made only the slightest advancement, or even that you have slid backward, you will by no means allow yourself to be dejected, nor chilled by any sort of discouragement or faint-heartedness. But on the contrary, you will rouse up your courage and vivacity all the more, humbling yourself, and apply yourself to the task of amending your faults, doing so with the assistance of divine grace." Then, quietly and calmly consider how you have behaved to the present hour in relation to God, your neighbors, and yourself. All right, here we are, St. Francis, wrapping, beginning to wrap things up in these last chapters. Um, as I mentioned, he, he does so by encouraging us to renew our resolutions. So remember, when we started out at the beginning, St. Francis wanted to lead our our desires for a life of devotion, a life of holiness, etc., to action, to actuality. He wanted to move our intention into realities. In order to do this, we've been preparing in different ways, beginning with mortification and purification, talking about uh, the sacraments and mental prayer, talking about the virtues and temptations. Now we're, we're sort of ready to go to talk about how do we keep on this path of devotion. So, I think in order to do this, there are two things that we ought to be concerned with. First, ourselves, and then, in a way, with others. This is what St. Francis is talking about, that we must uh, be ready and prepared to sort of face ourselves as we pursue a life of devotion, to be resolute, to persevere, but also to face others and their reactions to our pursuit of our life of devotion. So, Father Gregory, what are your thoughts, if any, you know, I don't want to put you on the spot, but what are your thoughts, if <laughs> any, um, about these sort of lead in these beginning chapters in this final part here and, and, and preparing to carry on after we close the cover of the book? Yeah, I think, uh, again, we see St. Francis de Sales um, sensibility when it comes to spiritual matters. Because we are 21st century people, a lot of us ascribe to the cult of progress. We kind of think just because it gets into our food and drink, because we breathe it like air, because it's just so much a part of the ambient culture that we are just going to get better and better. So whether through technological progress or medical advance or yada, yada, thus and such, you know, things are just going to get better almost as a matter of course. And then we have to deal with our first disappointments in the spiritual life, whether it be with habitual sin that just, we're just having great difficulty rooting out, or maybe a kind of terrible example of backsliding, or maybe it's just like lukewarmness and tepidity in our lives. And when we come to confront this, well, that whole narrative of continual progress just can't, it can't stand up against the evidence. And St. Francis isn't scandalized by our weakness and our woundedness. He says, oh yeah, I mean, we saw that coming. And by we, I mean the Christian tradition. So that's all right. Just return to your resolutions, return to the love that you had at first, rekindle that desire, you know, make use of sacramental means to return again to the font of mercy, and then take the next step forward. And here are ways by which to go about it. So I love that because, um, yeah, sometimes we make more of our failures than they in fact merit to be made of. That is a kind of strangely syntactical way of describing things. But we get all stirred up about you know, our failings, and we make of them this huge deal when the Christian tradition isn't scandalized by 
the fact that we aren't yet perfect. Okay, you know, we're, we're men and women on the way. And sometimes being on the way will mean taking a detour or will mean, you know, going in the wrong direction. It might even mean wrecking the vehicle if we are traveling by vehicle in this strange metaphor, right? So uh, I love it that this part helps us really to be on the way well, because at the end of the day, that's, you know, that's what we want. Yeah. And you said the Christian tradition, like four C's are imperfection, but so too, obviously, so too Christ. You know, this is, if we just look at what has been kind of set up for us in the church, this is obviously the case. You know, Christ gives us the sacraments because he knows we're weak. Let's just call it what it is, because we're weak and, and we need his aid, not just, and, and it's, there's seven sacraments, not just one at the beginning and not just one at the end, but to help us throughout the entirety of our life in the different situations. And earlier on, when we were talking more specifically about the sacraments, we highlighted how the sacraments aid us at our different parts of our life. So it should be a super, a super consolation. That's like an uber consolation. I don't know. That's also weird English, but we're going to go with it to, to recognize that, yeah, we're not expected to be perfect on our own. You know, St. Francis sees it, the church sees it, obviously Christ sees and knows it, that that we're going to need help along the way. So one of those ways that that we're helped, in addition to what we've talked about, is is renewing our, our desires, renewing our intentions as they need to be renewed. So as I mentioned before, one of those has to do with ourselves directly, if that makes sense, right? That we need to renew St. Francis talks about on a yearly thing, and this certainly doesn't exclude, uh, that can be more and more kind of solemn kind of rededication to the devout life and the things of the devout life. But even on a daily occurrence, you know, when we make our examination of conscience in the evening, um, when we wake up in the morning, when we prepare to go to confession, you know, there are plenty of opportunities to renew our our desire for the devout life and our action towards the devout life and to beg God grace and strength in that. I think it's really important too to consider our interactions with other people or people's reception of our pursuit of the, of the devout life because that can be super discouraging when we say hey okay i i'm being stirred by god and i want to follow him more closely and we've talked about relationships and how that you know how that might affect our relationships and saint francis is he warns that you know people might be against us in the devout life and we have to be resolute in persevering even when people are against us so i don't know if you have thoughts about that about how to handle you know those situations because those can be tough especially with friends family that sort of thing yeah i would say yeah two things that come to mind are be prepared for trial and will a higher state so be prepared for trial like you said you know there are people in our lives who aren't necessarily for our conversion and it's decidedly the case that the world, the flesh, and the devil, taken in the classic sense, are not for our conversion. So we need to be prepared for trial. Now, sometimes you'll have a relatively stable situation where maybe you're in the same house with the same roommates, or you're in the, you know, same parish setting with the same ecclesial ministry as you're in the whatever. And you get like a kind of sense of constancy, you get a sense of stability, and that's nice. And then maybe something about that changes, okay? So it might be that you're encountering conflict from those, you know, people that play whatever roles in your life. Or maybe it's that whatever sense of stability or constancy that you had is now being upset by an unforeseen change. Or maybe it's just that like, you know, life happens, a loved one dies, or you contract a terrible illness or whatever it is, okay? It's in those moments where we have a new opportunity to grow in grace and virtue and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes we're doing a thing just because it's low-hanging fruit or because it doesn't pose too much of a difficulty. But then, you know, when we're really thrown into the ring amongst the man-eating lions, 
then we come to discover how well or poorly our life of virtue has been, uh, or the foundations of our life of virtue has been laid. So I'd say, be prepared for trial and don't be, don't be thrown for a loop when it happens. And don't be overly saddened or overly um, anguished when you fail, because that too is part of God's uh, work of ongoing perfection. And then will a higher state. I think it can be intimidating because in the Christian tradition, we do talk a lot about perfection. And certainly when you hear that double love command in the gospel, that you should love the Lord, your God, with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself, there's this claim to totality. It's like whole mind, whole heart, whole strength, whole self, holy, holy smokes, right? But the way that's typically read by uh, holy men and women throughout the centuries is that you need to be able to will a higher state, which is to say you believe, you trust, you love the God who can bring you from here to there. Step by step, day by day, moment by moment, we will make our way. That was a song that I sang, I think, in fifth grade. So I'm, I'm glad to have rehearsed it with you now in the spoken voice. So yeah, those are two things that I would say you can take away from the experience. Yeah, and I think um, when we, especially with, with as Father Gregory was explaining and as St. Francis is talking about, the sort of reaction that we get from other people when we want to pursue God, sometimes it can be an isolating reality and it can truly be an isolating reality, especially if people don't want to be part of that or are particularly antagonistic to it. But that ought not be the final sort of say on this, right? That it's that it's isolating. It's not a new phenomenon that people have difficulty and as they pursue the Lord with those whom they love or those who are in their lives. And it's it's not just a historical reality either that you know many people face this. And our Lord, like he knows our weakness, also knows this. You know, he strengthens us in that and he he gives us, if we ask him, the sort of prudence to navigate these situations well and to love well in them. So it's an important reality. Another thing that St. Francis is drawing our attention to in these chapters is not just the sort of negative side, if we want to call it that, of difficulties and trials, but also the positive side of God's blessings that are abundant here. Often we kind of get trapped in, in like in pursuing perfection, we get not trapped, but preoccupied with what's not yet perfect or what's not good. And that's that's certainly something to consider, but it's not the whole picture. Um, God also blesses each of us with gifts and talents and most or the highest, I guess, to be esteemed in this conversation and pursuing a life to, of devotion is that grace that moves us to devotion, the gift of faith. And it's worth considering that. St. Francis wants us to consider that and keep that ever before us, that the, the stirrings that you might feel in your heart to pursue God in this way are in themselves beautiful gifts from God. You know, that just think about that for a moment, that like the creator of the cosmos who has no real need of us, you know, he doesn't need us to be happy, still desires to share his life with you. That's a, that's a wild reality and a really great thing. Um, so we ought not lose sight of that consolation and that reality I don't know if you have other thoughts on that, Father Gregory, but something that I think is good to kind of return to and hammer home even in our own lives. Yeah, I, I just following up on what you said, some people say, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Other people will say, don't let the better be the enemy of the good. I think, again, in this conversation of perfection, renewing our desire for or our commitment to perfection, we can tend to think that it's not good until such time as it's perfect. But that's just not the case, right? You mentioned the virtue of prudence, and prudence is about making the best of what you have or making something good from what you have because there are a variety of legitimate options as a human person. You could do this, you could do that, you could do the other thing. In a certain sense, it doesn't matter, but in a certain sense, it does, provided that you do it you know, with grace, virtue, gifts of the Holy Spirit, and you make of it an offering to God. And so, yeah, 
I would say like in your Christian life, there are going to be a few golden moments, things where you're really proud of what God has done in and through you. And that's awesome. But a lot of our Christian lives is kind of mundane, ordinary, quotidian. Uh, and that's also to be rejoiced in because even in those simple goings on, we can recognize the hand of God who has, you know, laid hold of us and drawn us through the muck and the mire such that we are now, whatever, on top of a mountain or in the plains or however you describe your current vantage. Um, so I was actually thinking about in terms of this podcast, it's like when you record a podcast, you want all 50 episodes to be perfect, but that's just, <laughs> there's no way that's going to happen, you know, but it's about like forming a relationship, you know, with the person with whom you're recording and then with the listeners who listen. And then, you know, we kind of forgive each other our excesses and defects and we go in the pursuit of, you know, making that relationship better and better with each passing day, but also drawing spiritual fruit from the relationships that God has given us to enjoy. And so, yeah, they will be better and worse, but that's just true of all human life. There will be better and worse. What matters is that we continue to show up. So cheers. There you have it. Well, we are going to continue to show up for the last few episodes <laughs> of this series. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but that's what we have for you today. So, you know, keep in mind, consider the, the, the way by which the Lord has blessed you, is calling you to grow in relationship and devotion to him. And, you know, not just as a sort of abstract thing, but as a real sort of strength and consolation and, and beautiful thing that the Lord is doing in your life. So that's what we have for you today. Be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. To download the reading plan and support the production of this podcast, please visit ascensionpress.com slash catholicclassics. As always, know of our prayers for you. Please pray for us, and we will catch you next time on Catholic Classics. Mm -hmm.